Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Today we have episode 48 coming at you. Mark, when I think of the 48, naturally the first one I think of is Jimmy Johnson, seven championships, 80-some wins. I mean, uh, just incredible. One of the drivers of our generation, for sure. Generational talent. Uh, incredible. You know, an indie car a little bit. Hey, he's going to be testing an oval in an indie car coming up here as well and maybe running the Indy 500 at a later date. Uh, I also think of Alex Bowman, who's currently in the car, Brad Smith, uh, who drove in ARCA, and then Matt Urban down in Slinger. He drives that four-cylinder 48. And, and I just mentioned Brad Smith, who was in the ARCA series. He drove for James Hilton. And uh, unfortunately, James Hilton, you know, he was in that accident and unfortunately passed away couple years ago and uh what a legend james hilton was you know we got to meet him down in madison you know and i got a couple pictures of him you know james hilton he's uh you know a pioneer from way way back when hey that matt urban you say he's on the four cylinder i seen i see some pictures of a, of a late model that he's got down there that's really super sharp um hey brad keith runs down there and he runs a 48 car you know and that number kind of you know when you look at that car it kind of reminds you of the uh of the jimmy johnson car um, Preston Peltier, remember him? He was on the pole when we were at the uh, Five Flag Speedway. Um, yeah, he's a heck of a racer. And then uh, for all the old-timers out there, how about Bob Bennett? You know, he ran a 64 Dodge back in the day. Um, found out today that the Bennetts have some sad news that Aaron passed away here uh, last night. So we're going to give some condolences to the Bennett family out there. So, But otherwise, yeah, that's the 48 sets we got out there. Yeah, condolences out to the Bennett family. Would have an incredible loss that is. Yeah, absolutely for sure. I saw the news today and gave our condolences. So yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with the Bennett family tonight. Absolutely. Well, we got two weeks to talk about for NASCAR racing here, and then we'll have some news as well. Let's go all the way back to Knoxville. A little dirt racing for the trucks again. They do that a few times a year. Knoxville took over kind of the Eldora spot there since they're not going back to Eldora. Uh, it was interesting. You know, stage one was won by Derek Krause. Uh, then it was Gillen, Barry, Hosevar, Ankrum, Creed, Friesen, Moffitt, Chandler Smith, and Austin Hill. Stage two goes out to our buddy again, Derek Krause. Uh, then it was Hosevar, Gillen, Crafton, Enfinger, Moffitt, Nemechek, Barry, Donnie Schatz, who's a dirt legend, and then Ben Rhodes inside the top 10 you know uh it was really amazing you know first off Krause got the pole and they actually held track position johnny sauter was on that outside groove just like giving her you know and he's not known really being a um being a dirt car uh, expert there and then uh well then he got it with briscoe and, and briscoe didn't get him once but he got him twice and he dumped him uh dumped him there you know uh, it was really nice where they gave him a 90 minute practice session you know, to get these guys, get the feel of that dirt track. Um, all in all, uh, really a small crowd there. I was shocked. 
if I would have known a small crowd like that and, you know, actually take a travel down to Knoxville someday, that's on a bucket list. I want to go there. Um, I was surprised how small of a crowd there was there. Yeah, you know, and, and then there was a lot of cautions near the end. It, it uh, I think it kind of took away from the event a little bit maybe. It was just like this race just keeps going and going. It was exciting, don't get me wrong, but a little long at the end there. Uh, the race was won by Austin Hill, then Chandler Smith, Enfinger, Gillen, Kraus, Crafton, Rhodes, Brian Brown, Tate Fogelman, and Danny Bone. Uh, Derek Kraus got turned after the race once or twice. One of them was Enfinger, I believe. Uh, looks like he didn't make a lot of friends up there. Maybe that had something to do with the cautions at the end. Uh, but Derek, you know, we know him well. He's usually on our program. Nice kid. Um, that's going to be a part of racing, obviously. But... Uh, what did you think about the event? I thought it was okay. I thought the racing was one groove. Uh, I was hoping they could do a little better with that. And I know a lot of people have their thoughts on it. Um, they, a lot of people think this isn't the right place, that they should go back to Iowa Speedway. I do agree that they should go back to Iowa Speedway. I don't want to say that they shouldn't go to Knoxville to go there. But uh, it was it was interesting. I'll put it that way. It was all in all a, a good event. I like to see that rooting, you know that when you got a one groove racetrack, you know there was guys that were, you know, stick their nose down in there. It made that interesting race. I I like that kind of racing. Um, if that's what the what the conditions are, that was pretty cool. Um, talk going back to Derek Krause, It was uh, a shame that you know the bumper bar was sticking out of the '99 car. You know, it looked like a, <laughs> you almost would call it a weapon. He didn't know that it was there. But then there was a controversy where there were, um, after they got back to green, they gave him a black flag because um, because that bar was sticking out. They could have did that during the caution. And uh, there, there was some pretty <laughs> ticked off people that was going on with that. Um, but all in all, I thought it was really, really good. And then... Uh, you know, I got away from it. I was camping, and I was watching the race, and I got away from it. And then when I got home here, I watched it. I never knew there was a pileup at the end of that race. And, I mean, it looked like Talladega. I mean, it's just like they just absolutely piled them in, and they smashed everything all up. But um, all in all, yeah, good event. Um, I can see them going back there again. Good event. I just hope there's some changes made in there. Uh, it was interesting, like I said, so... Uh, I'm sure they'll be looking into it as they always are. Well, that same weekend, Xfinity and Cup was at Atlanta, so we'll get into that here. Elgire had a slow, uh, had to slow down due to a tire issue on the last lap of Stage One. He was running inside the top ten there. Stage One was won by Kyle Busch. Then it was AJ Allmendinger, Harrison Burton, Hemrick Gregson, Moffitt, LeBay, Haley, Jones, and Austin Dillon, who was filling in for Michael Annette because he had an injury and actually he missed i think he was supposed to run the truck race in knoxville as well and got replaced uh by brett moffitt actually i think is who it was a couple of iowa guys there so he had an injury and he missed uh this one he actually missed one more too but we'll get into that later yeah i think it was a wasn't it a foot like there was a uh, and it ended up having surgery i think he's supposed to be good to go this coming weekend the next race over at watkins Glen. um Atlanta, I, well, is this Kyle Busch's last Xfinity race? I mean, that was the biggest question of all. Um, maybe Kyle might not be driving, but I can't see that team being dismantled. I mean, who's going to land in that ride and, and go from there? And uh, later on in this podcast, you'll find another 54 that, you know, that, that team and that car is just hooked up. 
and that's what's uh, what's going. That's in the Xfinity series right now. Yeah, um, you know, after in stage two, Star got into Mills, and then Star went into the wall. That was unfortunate. Josh Josh Berry ended up spinning in three and four at one point as well. Stage two was run by Kyle Busch. Then it was Almendinger, Gregson, Allgaier, Hemrick, Harrison Burton, Moffitt, Ty Dillon, Haley, and Austin Dillon. Uh, Galdian got spun in turn two, or he spun in turn two. It was weird how that car didn't turn to the right because he actually got off the the brake there. And when that happens, the tires first spinning, and he had that wheel turned all the way to the right, and it kept going straight. I was amazed by that. I think even Dale Jr. commented on it. Yeah, you know another thing I found out that them guys were hitting the uh, the split box. You know, after they got past the start finish line, all guyer did it, and so did the thirty nine car. Yeah, like and and I've always said all along, why is that painted red or orange? And some of the drivers are actually saying that they want it closer to the start finish line instead of being down the track. I always thought it should be white so that they could see it, but um, that's the first time that we've actually seen where people actually rode over the the split. What are they, the split box? It's like a cone, like what yeah. we see for, for the late model racing, and uh, um, yeah, you get penalized if you touch that. Yeah, I usually call it like the pickle lane area. I don't know exactly what you'd call it. My guess is they painted it orange because of a cone, but it's got to be hard to see. I, me personally, I wouldn't even. I would just be riding kind of where I'm gonna think I'm gonna pick or go early because you got enough room before people get there. But anyway, I can see why it's a little bit of a, of an issue. Um, Brandon Jones ended up clearing himself or thought he was clear, but Sieg was there at one point. He went hard into the outside wall in a turn three. That was a hard hit. Yeah, that was a scary hit. Um, just like he thought that he was going to be clear and then just, just absolutely buried the turn three wall. So, <laughs> yeah, not clear. No, no. Uh, Weatherman had an issue on a restart. Harrison Burton had nowhere to go. And the race was won by Kyle Busch, his 102nd Xfinity win. Possibly last, as you just mentioned. We'll get into that in a second. Jeb Burton was second. Then it was Gregson, Haley, Ty Dillon, Moffitt, Elgar, Clements, Mayer, and Sindrick inside the top 10. You know, we talked a little bit ago about 100 and 101 for Kyle Busch in the Xfinity Series. First off, again, I, I know I said this when those two wins happened as well. Incredible. 102 wins. My God. Um <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it, but possibly last. I say possibly. I'm thinking at some point there's going to be a new track they go to, almost like this year was Road America. Um, not, you know, maybe they go to Knoxville or something, something weird like that. There's going to be a new track on the schedule where, or even a repay like Atlanta or Fontana where they're redoing that place that I think that could open the door of he wants some uh, time in the seat. So I'm not so sure it's his last. I know he's done uh, what he's done in there. Obviously, 102 wins, but I'm not. I'm not convinced that'll be his last. I think there'll be something that'll come up where he's going to want seat time, or someone's going to want him had to have seat time at Joe Gibbs Racing or wherever he goes if he goes anywhere after. If that ever happens, you never know what happens. But I'm not sure it's going to be his last race. But uh, if it is, what a what a career in that series. Yeah. Well, if if he's going to stand by that, but you know what, he could change his mind and say, "Oh, the hell with it. I'm going to drive some more." So. You, you never know if there's an incentive that goes goes with that. But whoever he picks to land in that car and run the full time, I can't see that car dissolving away in that team. Um, so that, I think that car is still going to be around. Um, talking about Atlanta, they're talking about moving that from 24 degrees to 28 degrees, and they're going to narrow it up like Charlotte. Um, it's going to be uh, 
quite interesting with a brand new racetrack with a with a banking like that. That is going to be major high speed that's going to go on in Atlanta. But once again, they put two races here in Atlanta and they don't have the fan support there. I mean, it was just rather unbelievable. They should be able to hear the crickets in the corners how, how much of the fans that wasn't there. But I said back when the schedule came out back in February, who's going to go sit out in 90 degree weather in the middle of Georgia in July? I don't understand why that was not a night race. I just, like, what are, you, what are they thinking there? People, fans ain't going to go sit out in that hot weather. They got lucky on Sunday. It was cloudy. But uh, I didn't understand it when they made the schedule out. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That is a, a good question, a question that we both had at the beginning of the year. Obviously, it showed its head here. But the, you talked about the repave there. Well, first, let me back up here for Kyle Busch. He said he'll never say never, and that put the thing in my – and even before he said that, I thought there's a chance he could come back for the reasons I just mentioned. So Kyle Busch did say never say never, but it's the last one planned as of right now. Take that as you wish. Um the repave, it is interesting. It's almost going to race like Daytona and Talladega from what I've heard from experts and analysts and all that. Um, I want to see it first before I really get into it, but I guess my initial thought is why? Why would we, why would we do that? Um, I feel like we do a lot of pack racing. I guess that lower horsepower power at the mile and a half kind of produced that a little bit too but you're talking about the banking they're going to have it's going to race like Talladega or Daytona from what people have said kind of interesting that they would go with with that model there was a picture that so they've already got the pavement out and they've already got the bulldozers out there and they've already got the you know they're putting the banking to it already I mean as soon as that race was over I think they were bringing out the uh, the machinery to already change that place around so um, well we'll see it's going to be wicked fast with a well, put it this way, it's going to be a one-lane racetrack for a little while. You know, it seems like these new racetracks, they have this way of being a one-lane racetrack. I'm, if Atlanta wanted to do that, why can't they just kind of like do what Texas did and take a little banking out one of the corners, you know, and make it two different corners? Um, I, I'd be a fan of that, but, uh, well, with the jury's out, we'll see where it goes. Well, and I feel like that would make it like Texas, which they already got a little bit, so I'm not sure about that either, but... Uh... Uh, well, uh, that's just, I guess that's just our initial thoughts there on it, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Back when they changed it back in 95, they should have left Atlanta the way it was, the original Atlanta. That was the good racing, and then, and then finally they, they, they decided to go cookie cutter, and they, they ruined that racetrack. That's my opinion from way back when, when I used to watch Atlanta races, you know. Yeah, I've seen races, uh, what you're talking about, uh, the old uh, configuration there. Um, I don't remember it as well as you do, obviously, because that was when I, my memory was just starting to stick a little bit as a kid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I hear a lot of people say that same thing. But uh, they did what they did, yeah. and it actually produced some good racing over the years. I can remember Dale Earnhardt versus Bobby Bonney. Uh, in 2000, which was the second-to-last win of Dale, Dale Earnhardt's career before he was um, killed in the Daytona 500, tragically. The um, other finish, one year later, uh, they come back in that same car with Kevin Harvick in the car, him versus Jeff Gordon. Uh, so, them are my finest memories. So, it did produce good racing initially. I don't know so much about 
now it, it's still produced. I like the tire wear situation, but now they're going to repave it, so that's going to go away a little bit. Um, it's just going to be interesting. Well, I'm going to wait to see till I for sure say, but that's my initial thought on it. Yeah. You race. Let me ask you this. I know it's a different. It's on iRacing, the iRacing Super Speedway. Is it? Do you think from what you've seen and heard, do you think it'll be like that, just a smaller version of it? Because I think that's even two and a half miles on there. But the banking, I, I just that's the picture I got in my head a little it's bit. It's something like that, but you know, they're still going to have the the quad oval in the, in the front. You know, um, the the one on the iRacing is just like it's. It kind of reminds you of a homestead that's got the high banking narrow track and it's just wide open um so it's, it's a handling kind of deal um i don't know we'll see but uh to narrow it up that kind of tells you that they're going to try to make it like charlotte with a higher banking um yeah once again we'll see where it goes um i'm always excited to see where the schedule is i hope it gets moved all over the place you know if it's the same schedule as this year i'd probably be disappointed I, I'm always a way of trying to move the schedule around. Um, Phoenix can have the championship maybe a couple more years, but that they should think ahead and move that somewhere else. Um, I, I thought the all-star race at Texas was really great. I thought their plan was good, but uh, after a little while, that should move too. I can tell you one place that I want to stay on the schedule where it's at, and that would be Road America. I think we talked about that the last podcast. I think so. that's going to stick, dude, because, you know, the fans really supported it, and the announcers just couldn't say enough of how good that was. And, uh, you know, to break a tradition of the Firecracker 400 at Daytona and throw that at Road America with a packed house like that, I, I honestly think that is going to stick. I think yep. they did a good job there. I do too, and with Daytona moving to the last cutoff race, I got a feeling a lot of people are going to like that because that's what it's kind of turning into is a little bit of entertainment and what's more exciting, especially for if you're trying to get a little bit of the casual fan in because us dedicated fans are going to watch Daytona. We're going to watch every week regardless, but especially Daytona. The casual fans are going to be like, wow, Daytona's on, and it's the last race before the playoffs. Bang, you got your entertainment there. Added value, I'd say. But um, So, yeah, that'd be interesting. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to the cup race at Atlanta. Um, Cody Ware got loose and up into Alfredo, who they both kept going. It collected Stenhouse and Suarez, though, unfortunately. Stage 1 was in, uh, won by Kyle Busch, then it was Kurt Busch, Hamlin, Bowman, Reddick, Larson, Logano, Byron, Truex, and Harvick. Uh, Elliott hit a tire out of Custer's crew's hands, and it ended up hitting the tire changer in the back of the head. That was a close call yeah that was definitely he got <laughs> he got hit in the back of the shoulders and he just looked off to the right like what was that and uh and he shook that off and uh um boy if that would have been two feet higher that would have caught him in the back of that hey back in the day they never even had helmets on those guys and then they complained about it when they did do that um so that was uh um, yeah, a scary incident that actually worked out. Hey, uh, I want to talk about during that competition caution down, um, Chase Elliott slid through his box. And then when he backed up, he backed over the hose. And I always thought, anytime you ran the hose over, that's a penalty. And they never penalized him for it. When they raised the car up, the hose was under the car, and then they took the back tire off, and then they kind of pulled the tire, pulled the hose off, and I was and I was just sitting there going, well, he just ran the holes over. Where's the penalty? And there was no penalty, and I was surprised by that. 
I think that's an IndyCar thing. I don't think that's a NASCAR thing because you'll see it enough where um, the hose gets underneath the splitter. So that would be the same thing because it gets caught and it's never been a penalty to my knowledge. No, if they take the gun outside the box and it's caught under there like that, that's where the penalty is. Running it over, to my knowledge, is not a penalty. Like, like Blaney at Martinsville last year when that, the gun took off yep. with that. But I always remember that, that that hose, if you ran over air hose, that was that was a penalty. So that apparently that penalty has gone away. I was uh, I actually jotted that down in my notes. Um, <clears throat> um, all in all, it was a good Atlanta race. Um, there was... Uh, um, you know, cloud cover that was working f in uh, in in the race there, and it helped a lot of these drivers out that it wasn't so hot there. Um, who was the one that had his hose, uh, his uh, air conditioning hose come off? Oh yeah. Um, oh, I, f I forget who that was, but yeah. And you know, and that happened with Almendinger uh, also, and they were talking, you know, that you better give him a lot of ice. Some of these guys taped that to the top of their head. And then some don't, and when that hose comes off, I mean, they could be in trouble, you know, when it's as hot as it is, you know, you, they put them thermometers on the side of the seat, and you're seeing some pretty high temperatures inside those cars. No doubt. Well, the other thing with the ice, too, I always think about is that's going to melt, and if there's a hole in the bag or whatever, that's going to go underneath your seat there, under your ass, and that thing's going to lay to fire. And, and it boils. It's going to yeah. boil, and you're, you're in trouble. You're your soup. You're yeah. sitting in the soup. Or yeah. it goes down your suit into your legs and into your feet, and that same thing. I mean, that's that's a that's an interesting thing for me, and I would love to have more discussions with drivers about it of why they do or do not choose to do that yeah, option. That's for sure. Um because you'll see them a lot of times, they'll put it in their chest, and it's supposed that's supposed to cool your core temperature because your blood is circulating. So if you have it over your heart there or your chest, it's going to circulate throughout your whole body. Is the theory from what I've been told. But now they got this new suit that's out, and some of these guys are trying it, and they're they're loving it. So um, some more technology that's coming to keep the drivers more comfortable. Yeah, and the first one I remember doing that was uh, God. It had to be back in the early teens, to twenty teens. Jimmy Johnson. The problem that I've heard about that as well is if it doesn't cool it, like if it fails, you are either circulating warm water or, so we're talking about similar issues with the ice, or it's not working at all. So it just sits there and then it's not doing any good anyway. So it it is very interesting. It's um, Obviously, that's, you know, these guys didn't even have the option or chose not to do it back in the day, you know, like back when you were watching and, and stuff like that. When they but, were tough back in the day, like like Hale Yarbrough, well, you know, those days, well, those guys with no power steering and they were just absolutely power driving these cars, you know, <laughs> to bring that back and see what you got with these guys, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. the thing I'll say about that, too, is I'm not discrediting how tough they were and, you know, that power steering one's a big one you bring up. But I will say that I think the car didn't get as hot back in the day because it was more open. Yeah, I'll now you're that. stuffed in there. Um, so yeah. that's the that's one thing that always comes to mind my mind too. Uh, back to racing here. Stage two was won by Kurt Busch. Then it was Kyle Busch, Bowman, Larson, Hamlin, Reddick, Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Austin Dillon, and Martin Truex Jr. That was the point where part of the track came apart. And that was interesting, too. And you knew, you know, repave's been talked about because of the lack of getting the water off the track when it runs and all that stuff. And then the part 
track starts coming apart, and you're like, yep, this is going to happen sooner than later. And they got some kind of material that actually sets up really fast. And uh, it almost looks like a city worker there. One guy's working and five are standing or watching, you know. So <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that while we were watching that, while that was going on. So, Yeah, I guess I could see that. Um, <laughs> you, you caught me off guard with that. That was a good one. Um, Chastain went high because Kurt asked for the bottom. Kurt was running behind Kyle Busch. And by doing that, he went high and took Kyle's lane away. That allowed Kurt to close and eventually get by him. And Kurt wins the race. And that, you know, was... You start thinking about playoffs. We're coming up here. We got four races remaining after we talk about New Hampshire here. Um, boy, and Kyle Busch had some comments about that, too. He did not appreciate Ross Chastain. And Ross Chastain said, my teammate asked for the bottom. I'm going to go up there. You find a way around me. Kurt found a way around him. I mean... It's interesting. Um, anyway, Kurt did win the race over Kyle. Then it was Truex, Bowman, Blaney, Reddick, Elliott, Bell, Matty D, and Brad Keselowski. The other thing I want to mention before I want to get your opinions on the Chastain, Kyle Busch, and Kurt Busch incident or situation is, could this be Ganassi's final win? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little while, but that's a thought that yeah, ran through my Ganassi's head. Ganassi's that's out there, so... Yeah, we'll see how that works. But, hey, that's what a teammate's all about. It's amazing that a situation like this hasn't happened before. That was just downright obvious. But um, Chastain was running his own line. It wasn't like he was chopping him. He just like, hey, I'm picking this lane. But did you see how fast Kurt caught up just by that area? And all of a sudden, it was like you were watching the, the ticker. You know, it was like three-quarters of a second. 0.6, 0.7, and also went into that corner. Next thing you know, they were side by side. It's amazing what that air does does on that situation there. So, um, um, it is what it is. Uh, I I I had no problem with that. You know, that was uh, that was a good race. Good to see uh, Kirk Busch win that. Truex, you know, he got penalized during the during that race. Started last to get a third place. Um, downright very good with him. Um, so all in all. Um, good race overall. Uh, I was happy with that Atlanta race. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like Atlanta, uh, we were just talking about it, how the fan support sometimes when you go back twice like that isn't great, especially when you're talking about hot weather down there normally. But I will say, like like I mentioned, 2000, 2001, it has the ability to produce really good racing. Because To me, it's because of the tire wear and the roughness of the track, and it's a driver's track type of situation. There's other variables in there, obviously, as well, but this was a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I had no problem with it, man. Well, before we get into New Hampshire here with the Xfinity and Cup Series, I just want to um, thank our sponsors. We have two sponsors now, so uh, Brian Luther of Van Luther Racing. Thank you, Brian. Uh, speaking of Brian, you know, they're doing some good racing at WIR so far. They're bringing out the late, uh, the super late model, excuse me, and doing a heck of a job with that. In fact, Nick Van was in the dash this past week. Uh, pretty impressive job that they're doing. And we actually picked up a new sponsor, uh, Dan Fredrickson Signs and Graphics out of Minnesota. And, uh, Dan is a awesome guy. The Fredrickson family is awesome family. His wife's great. Um... We've gotten to know him better over over the years, and uh, what a great racer. We talked to him before the Snowball Derby on the podcast last year. One of my favorite 
because he went into detail about things and kind of, for lack of a better term, dumbed it down to us and really explained things, which was great um, for some of us that aren't as smart as engineers, I guess you'd say. But um, no, in all seriousness, thanks to, to Dan for coming on board here. We appreciate it and we appreciate the, the type of person you and your family and, and your everyone at the company is. Uh, it's been a joy to get to know you. We always look for you when we're at the track because we know you're a guy that we can talk to. So we appreciate everything out of both uh, Dan Fredrickson and, and Dan Fredrickson Sign Graphics and also Brian Luther with Van Luther Racing. You know, as for uh, Nick Van, you know, that, that team was just going to just ride in the back. That, that that was the plan when we were out there. We did the podcast out at their, at their shop, and, and, he, and, he got, and he got in the dash, and they said, well, that, that's the way Nick is. He wants to compete, and, you know, and... And uh, just like, I think when he laid that lap down last week, I was just like, where did you get that? And good for them. Um, I was standing down in the pits, and I was just, I was over in the Chase Motorsports um, pit, and somebody tapped me on the back, you know, and I turned around, and there's Dan Fredrickson standing there, and just like, I never knew he was around. And just like, what, what's a nice guy like you doing, <laughs> doing at a place like this? And uh, it was uh, pretty cool, man. I, it was just a surprise I actually saw you. You had your back to him, and I was tapping you on the back like, look who's here. Dan, Dan's right here, you know. So, um, yeah, and we got to listen to some good stuff from, from him. He was uh, quite uh, entertaining that night. He had some things to say, so that was uh, pretty good. Good to see him, and, yeah, we do appreciate all the support that we get from them. Absolutely, and, you know, <laughs> uh, one thing, last thing about Dan, you know, he was helping uh, Buddy Kofoid, who's uh, an up-and-coming racer out there and has been impressive in the late model series at uh, Wisconsin International Raceway in the times that he's been here. And, um, yeah, we had some more great discussions with Dan. He's all, that's why we kind of look out for him and uh, everyone. You know, everyone's great to us, but um, he is one who really puts it in terms for us, too, so it helps us out. So. For us, not smart guys like a uh, technician like he is. Yeah, you know, so. engineers, <laughs> yep, yep, all that stuff. So Anyway, uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Dan and Dan Ferguson, Signs and Graphics. We appreciate it. Uh, we can't couldn't continue to do this for much longer without you we appreciate the support and uh, we hope to see you all soon well in fact we'll see we hope to see dan for the 250 coming up here we'll talk about that a little bit and then uh brian speaking of brian where we just uh, got our winchester 400 tickets we had camping a few weeks ago we got the 50th annual winchester 400 tickets we're actually going to be covering it we're going to have bob dillner on in a few weeks so be on the lookout for that uh so some exciting things uh, in the hopper here. You can see the relationships roll and keep expanding here. Yep, so Lily, you know, things just keep rolling here. Um, yeah, um, there's a little help here and there, and I'm I'm getting into some places that's actually I never dreamed that I'd be at, and uh, it just keeps getting better all the time, you know. So this is good. <laughs> this is one of my favorite seasons so far this year, man. For sure. I uh, totally agree with you. Well... Let's get back into racing here. New Hampshire, the Xfinity Series. The field stacked up there. Jones got into Herbst, who went into the inside wall. Um, Jones also had major, major damage. Michael Annette was mix, missing his second straight race here. We talked about that a little while ago. So Herbst could have gained a lot of ground there. Uh, unfortunately, that incident, he was actually impressive later on, and we'll we'll talk about that too, but uh, he could have picked up even more points. But that car hit the wall so hard, and that, that body held up really well. Normally, that would just absolutely destroy that front end. If that was a cup car, that car would have been done. Um, and still, 
surprising drive away in a car held up. Um, I don't know. Are you a fan of uh, having a composite body like that? I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, cups should kind of maybe look at that. So you you know, the driving would get just even more aggressive if you know the body of your car is going to hold up like that. Yeah, and you know, uh, like you said, the uh, Cup Series is already aggressive. It's the top, top of the top there. But think about, you know, think about Tyler Reddick at um, Miami Homestead and wins that championship. Ryan, that wall got into it a few bit, but that a few times, but that composite body allowed that to happen. The Herbs thing is probably even more impressive to me that that thing held up, but. You, when you hit the wall, usually with the composite body, usually you're thinking about rubbing the right side against the wall, and it cuts down a tire in the Cup Series more often than not. In the Xfinity Series, it seems not to do that. And I've just heard so many good things about the composite body. You've seen some things like the Herps deal and Reddick deal and stuff like that. So, yes, I am a fan for sure. Yeah, I'm all for that too. So it'll be interesting what they want to do. But guess what? We're going to change the car next year so. Let's see if that new new car comes out and has that kind of a body on it. We'll we'll see. The 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 jury's out on that, but uh, you and I'd be a fan of that and see we'll see where they go with that. Yeah, I think that was the initial plan. Uh, it was the composite body. I've heard that. Well, of course, you lose some information here going back and forth with COVID shutting it down and the car getting delayed a year. But that was the initial plan. Was uh, new car composite body for Cup Series. Yeah, so so we'd be all for fan for that man. Yep. Yep. Um, stage one was won by Christopher Bell. Then it was Elmendinger, Harrison Burton, Sindrick, Hemrick, Elgeyer, Haley, Jeb Burton, Barry, and Clements. Stage two was also won by Bell. Then it was Sindrick, Hemrick, A.J. Elmendinger, Elgeyer, Haley, Barry, Harrison Burton, Gregson, and Jeb Burton. The incident that happened after stage two was A.J. got into Gregson and Gregson went into the wall and it looked like possibly some payback there what what are your thoughts yeah well it looked like uh what comes around goes around how's that so we call that an incident that way i, I kind of use that, that lately that it was just an incident but that was uh yeah what comes around goes around and that's where that came and aj looked like he got frustrated and just like guess what here here you go here's a taste of this um yeah he shoved him out of the way but uh hey that's racing but guess what when it gets to be championship and we're in the playoffs, that could actually rear its ugly head and come back and haunt them, you know. So it all depends how many enemies and how many friends you want to make as the right. season goes on. Right. Yeah, that can certainly be a factor uh, the longer you go on here. Um, the race was won by Christopher Bell as well. Man, he runs good there. And uh, Olgar was second. Hemrick, Sindra, Harrison Burton, Haley, Snyder, Barry, Moffitt, and Herbst were your top ten. We just talked about Herbst. He got back inside the top he, ten. He still got the top ten. Out Un, yeah. Unreal. But uh, Olgar, he was there at the end. You know, all of yeah. a sudden they, they dialed that car up and uh, turned out to be an excellent race. Um, you know, wish that 18 car, man. We're sure, we're sure rooting for him, you know. But uh, <clears throat> well, he's still going to get a win here one of these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many times can you finish second or third? We were just talking about him finishing second a few weeks ago. Um, he's finished third a bunch, too. I mean, my gosh. And like I said on the last one, once that win comes, I'm confident that that first one comes, they're going to come trickling in for him. Yeah, for sure. So, But uh, all in all, good race at New Hampshire. Um, my favorite track on iRacing. 
Um, they're, they're actually there this weekend on the ARCA series, and I might find myself on there. I haven't been on iRacing. I've been just so freaking busy. And uh, I might take a time out tomorrow night just to put a wheel in my hand. I'm starting to get the, I'm getting the shakes here. <laughs> I, <laughs> the withdrawals. I have absolutely no time for it. I don't know when I'm going to find time. I did think about it this weekend a little bit. Uh, I'm sure I have hours worth of updating going on. But uh, New Hampshire was, was a great thing. You know, the one thing I think about New Hampshire a lot is back in the day when testing was allowed, they would test at Milwaukee yeah. for New Hampshire because it's flat, similar. So I remember one time watching the news. I think I was off of school or off of work. Uh, no, I must have been uh, one of the two, I guess. It probably was school. And they had it on the uh, news that Dale Jr. was testing down there. I was like, if I would have known that, I would have went. I would have asked someone to go down there. But um, I'm sure you couldn't get in or whatever or even watch it. But um, that's always pretty cool. I remember that. You can that. watch from Greenfield Avenue. You know, you can <laughs> just go stand over on the sidewalk and we'll look across the, yeah. the parking lot. You know, but that still would be a thrill. Oh, you yeah. Know, and there's a lot of people that will actually back in the day that any which way that they could get a view of a track, you know, just to see somebody there. But, yeah, they used to test a lot in Milwaukee just to, to set up for loading. I know we talked about this on the last podcast, but hopefully that uh, gets off the ground. That would be awesome to see at least the Xfinity and trucks come back there. Um, can you imagine if Cup came there, though? Man, whoo-wee. You know, well, we got Road America, so that's going to make yeah. it, that's going to make it more of a tough sell. But uh, yeah, Milwaukee needs a little help. If they, all they got to do is build a garage, and I think NASCAR would be interested. But well, but eh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think we better be happy with what we got yeah. because we absolutely had nothing here for the last few years. So yeah, I I'm laughing at your comments. All they have to do is build the garage. All they have to do is build a garage. There's, no, no big deal. There's, there is, you know, as you and I get around Milwaukee, there is a lot of things that it needs some TLC there. You know, it's the oldest racetrack in the country, yeah. and uh, it just needs some uh, up, upbringing. And, and but uh, we love that place, you know. And yeah. I'd sure, like to at least see IndyCar come back. That's yeah. what that's what I would like to see come back there. There's rumors of that too, but. Uh, no, just all like I was just this building a garage is a big deal down there. So when you said all oh, all it needs is a garage, I'm like oh yeah, this is a couple well, million, no big deal. Well, if they didn't have the grandstand there, you know, because they built that, if they had to still had the old grandstand, that place would have no hope at all. I mean, they built that, you know, and uh, when we were there and they were talking about how much they were pulling out of the corners of grandstands, and I didn't see that much that was removed. So it it's it's race ready and they've got the soft walls there. It's it the track itself is ready to rock, and and they've got the fan support. You know if they advertise it just right, the state of Wisconsin would stuff that place. Well, like we talked about, uh, Wisconsin race weekend, or race week, where you go Road America, you go to Milwaukee, you have the white race in there, you have the Slinger Nationals, Wisconsin race week. I'm still saying. That would be huge. That would be a thing. There'd be a lot of people that would do that and, and you know, and uh, go with that. So, yeah, you, you toot that horn, buddy, and I'll support you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. We'll see what happens here. Um, you know, the Cup Series was also at New Hampshire. Um, boy, a lot of th- interesting things happened at New Hampshire here. Um, where do I start? Let's start with... Uh, 
How about the rain came at the wrong time and it caused Kyle Busch to get the worst end of it. Truex got some damage. Hamlin went around. Um, very, very interesting. In fact, Kyle Busch even, uh, I'll say, scrubbed the bumper of the pace car. And NASCAR probably didn't like that too much. But my here's my thought on this. Because people, this went off on social media. And my thought on it is... Do you really think that Kyle Busch gives a shit after he just thought he was done wrong by NASCAR? Because it was there's a lot of different rumors out there, but from what I hear from the drivers, they actually were reporting rain before the start of the race. And uh, do you think Kyle Busch really gives a shit if he rubs a pace car or it gets damaged a little bit after he was done wrong with that? No. No. No, he ain't going to care. And that no penalty came from it. Nothing happened. Although I will say, when he swerved back to the left, there he kind of got outside, out on the right side. So he could have turned that pace around. That would have been a bigger deal. But yeah, um, uh, yeah I, but I mean, there was weepers on that inside line, right on that corner, and they allowed that. I guess they told the drivers, you know, to be aware of that. Um, yeah, this this shower just came up from nowhere. And I mean, if Kyle Busch can't can't handle that, I mean. It's, um, surprise, surprise, he went in, there was no, no grip. Um, yeah, he kind of dented that back bumper of that pace car, but they, uh, they just kind of let it slide, you know. Um, I'm sure if they really would have went after Kyle with that, um, uh, <laughs> who knows what else would have happened, so, um, so be it. Well, I think that opens the doors for a lot because, you know, you think like Dale Jr., Dale Earnhardt back in the day, Dale Jr.'s rubbed the pace car. This one was obviously in frustration. The other two were in good fun. But uh, where do you draw the line? I think I'm going to guess that he got a stern talking to. (laughs) It's like, hey, none of that. But uh, I'm glad they didn't do anything. People are, I mean, Kyle Busch is a lightning rod. Anything he does is either is going to be criticized no matter if it's good or bad. Um, But. Yeah, just interesting. I don't know. I I I think NASCAR, this is a race where NASCAR can definitely learn some. And, you know, NASCAR does a great job. I'll, I'll keep putting that. They do for the majority of the time. They do. And every every track, every everyone in general in life makes mistakes. And I think if they had to do it over, I think they would redo it. Well, like I said, the weepers were there. So really, that track really wasn't race ready when they started that race and these guys even after stage one they were told that when they were coming down off of pit lane coming onto the track that those weepers were there and they were there all day um so what are we going to do are we going to repave that one too um so we see where that goes yeah and actually now that i think about it i have a few quotes here um that came down from social media and some reporters um Here's one from Jim Utter. This is no surprise NASCAR has been pushing the boundaries of getting races in when it comes to rain and bad weather for the last couple years. Ten years ago, they wouldn't even think about racing if any of the track was even damp. Uh, Andy Lally earlier in the day said, incredibly grateful the FIA does not run NASCAR, referring to, the I think that was the Lewis Hamilton incident. And then he came back later in the day and said, this is one of those well-timed hold-my-beer moments, isn't it? So <laughs> a little a little fun there. Um, Jim Albert also came back that said, a NASCAR official warned of turns one and two still wet on the radio before the race went green. Tower responded, one to go at the line. So um, some interesting comments there. I just want to report a little bit on that. So like I said, I think NASCAR... 
um, can learn from this. And, and like I said, the majority of the time they do a great job. This is one of those learning experiences. And we like it. We all have those in life, right? Yeah, for sure. So, but uh, yeah, we were racing, so we were happy with that idea, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the other, the other thing you're trying to push, you know, on NASCAR's side that I can understand why there are no lights there. So, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, yeah, so that's probably another reason why they're pushing it through. Yeah, they wanted to get the full full race in, and they still ended up eight laps short. Um, television and the camera doesn't give it justice of just how dark it was. When you looked at the in-car cameras as they were going by the tower, and you could see the the lights, how bright they were. It was really dark there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's amazing how the leader is screaming, it's dark, it's dark, <laughs> it's all, you know, and the other ones say, no, I can still see, yeah. you know, and, uh, and but, uh, well, I, NASCAR got the show, and, and, and fans should be happy about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, let's get back to the early, so that was the big incident early on, and we'll talk more about our opinions on that. Cody Warespun, there was no caution. I actually agreed with that call, but I'm going to say that it's not consistent. Um, anytime anyone thinks about spinning, it looks like they're throwing a caution. Uh, and I shouldn't say it like that. Let me take that back. Anytime anyone appears to be spinning, even if they save it, they throw a caution. So for him to go around, totally shocked that uh, that was not one. Um, stage one was won by Blaney. Then it was Kozlowski, Elliott, Harvick, Reddick, Bell, Hamlin, Chastain, Matt Benedetto. Yeah, it uh, looked like the... Um... Um, the 12 and the 2, they, uh, they were uh, stout. The 22, what did they do? They messed around with the throttle during the red flag and they ended up getting penalized for that? Yeah, so they actually, I don't know if it was rubber or plastic. I think it was rubber. Wasn't it got that, stuck it was, it was in like a, a throttle body or something. Or yeah. something that got caught in the linkage. So I actually have some information. So NASCAR and maybe NASCAR's assumption is that they were working on to get it out. Logano said after the race that they were taking pictures, that they didn't work on it. So there's miscommunication there. I'm still not exactly clear on what happened there, but that was a big moment. That put that put him in the pits for two laps. He went two laps down. And still, <laughs> still ended up getting a good result of that. And that was a real crazy piece of junk that, you know, rubber. How does that get up there? I don't know if that was rubber or how that just flies around and gets into the linkage like that. And, you know, in New Hampshire, you know, we've lost two drivers there with a stuck, mm -hmm. stuck uh, yeah. throttle, you know, so that's something to be concerned about there. Yeah, back in 2000, you're right. Uh, that didn't come to my mind when that happened. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, Kenny Irwin and Adam Petty tragically lost their lives there. Man, I uh, kind of didn't think about that when that happened, but, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, so that might get them to think, think the idea that they didn't want to deal with that. But uh, two-lap penalty, whoo, but rule is a rule. You can't work on the car. You can't touch the car when you're in red flag. And so they got pinched for it, but uh, um, they stayed in the game all day and, and, and ended up, still ended up getting a good result. If they were just taking pictures, though, that would be interesting. I would have... But how did they still get the piece of junk out and get it on camera to show what it was? Yeah. So when did that come out? When was that picked out? Of I, I wonder if they picked it out after NASCAR said you're going to be docked two laps anyway. So you might, so as, you well, might as, as well pull it out. Just do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you're going to be screwed. So, yeah, so. Um, maybe that's what happened. I don't know for sure, but it was uh, definitely big and interesting that that all shook down there like that. Um, 
Suarez squeezed Wallace, but they so they made contact. Wallace spins and Busher had nowhere to go. Spins as well. Both ended up okay. Stage two was won by Keslowski. Then it was Harvick, Blaney, Hamlin, Elmerola, Elliott, Larson, Reddick, Chastain, and Kurt Busch inside the top ten. Like you said, Busher got lucky. Lucky he landed. They spun down the, the road course that was there, yeah. and the nose of that car just missed that corner. And uh, yeah, they both got lucky out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. That was uh, that was super close. That uh, man, yeah, they got lucky. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, the race ended up going as you were talking. The race ended up eight laps er, ended eight laps early due to darkness. Um, here's my thought on it: eight laps. They decided to call it. That is roughly four minutes. Why? Here's why I'm saying NASCAR could learn from us. Not only the beginning, but the end here. So they ended it eight laps early. Roughly four minutes. If you want to say five, I don't... Whatever, you're splitting hairs there. Say five minutes, just for the hell of it. Is five minutes really going to make that big of a difference? And here's what I think they could have done. Because people are saying, well, if the caution comes out, then it's delayed. When they got to the point of saying... 10 laps ago, they should have said, we're going to the end unless there's a caution. The caution will end the race. What's the difference if you're going to say 10 to go or the next caution? That's what I think they should have done. This four or five minutes early, that does nothing as far as darkness in my opinion. Um, so that's that's my opinion on it. I, again, I think that's that would be goes. like a, a regular time delayed race. You put it out there and say, "Guess what? Get a caution. Race is over. Yeah. Done." And uh, yeah, they could have did it that way. Yeah. Instead of ten to go, next caution. Either you're going to the end, or next caution ends it. And you know, Christopher Bell thought that he still maybe had something for him. You know, um, he was just a tad faster. Um, don't know if he would have been able to catch him, but. Uh, you know, all of a sudden there's 18 to go, all of a sudden, bang, now it's 10 to go. You know, it, they just changed it. Um, so, yeah, that was another shoot from the hip kind of make a, make a plan there. Just put lights in the racetrack and be done with it. Well, yeah, I think that, I yeah. I go back let's, to Saturday. let's start there. I know that's an expensive cost that we're spending people's money here, but I think that should should be an option. Um, or should be the first thing that they look at. But again, I was thinking about this while I was going on, and I was like, it's 18 to go, and I'm like, well, they're going to the end. And all of a sudden, they said 10 to go, and I was like, you're going to get eight laps. Let's say it's 30 seconds. That's four minutes, give or take. Hey, Why we, not just say the next caution? Hey, we've done windshield wipers, and we're running on wet, wet racetracks. Why can't we have sealed headlights? And run that way with taillights. Oh, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I am not going there. I am not going there. That's a discussion for a different day. Well, you know, we watched a 24-hour at Daytona, and they make it work. But there is lighting there, you know, so, but uh, just throw that out there. Just like, what do you think of that? I think that's a totally different situation, different car, different setup. I am not touching that with a 10-foot pole. You put it out there, that's fine, but I am not going down there because, mm -hmm. uh... But anyway, know. but Should I mean, try it. See what happens. Do a trial. Something. I mean, what what do you think about? I mean, the ca instead of ending at eight laps early. What about the caution? Yeah. 
Because that's that's the biggest argument I heard was, well, what if there's a caution? Then that should have ended it well, right there. Then that ends it. Yeah. So, anyway, um, big discussion there. Uh, Eric Almirola wins the race. It was, uh, Christopher Bell, as you just said, was catching him. Then it was Kozlowski, Logano, Blaney, Harvick, Larson, Chastain, Bowman, and Hamlin. Logano made it all the way back to fourth. If he wouldn't have had that issue, that would have been interesting um, as well because obviously he came back to fourth, so he had a really, really good car. Keselowski had the short run car, and it was amazing. But uh, Elmarola had the long run car, and uh, you know the the two came in on that last pit stop, and he gained all that time, and he caught the ten, passed him with his short short run car, and as Elmarola all of a sudden just got going for about five ten laps, and he finally gobbled him up and took him. Um, but interesting if Bell would have caught him at the end. I I don't think so. He might have caught him, but he wouldn't have been able to pass him. Um, good race. Uh, that puts the 10 in the playoffs, and yeah. that is really getting things really tight. You know, I think the 3 is out now, isn't it? I mean, the 8 and the 3 now are fighting to get in. Yeah. And uh, Teammates. You know, 13 winners this year. You know, there's only three guys going on points right now. Just think if three more guys win. You know, we got a road course. We still got a Daytona. Wouldn't that be something if a Harvick or a Hamlin can't make it? And, um, you know, wouldn't that be something if we had 16 winners and we can't go on points? That would be really surprising. But there's still five races to go. It could happen. Four. Four, four to go. Four to go. So, yeah. Um, before we get into that, because I got some notes here for the, the playoffs and what this what this Almirola win does. I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the race. I think I still think Almirola would have won, but at least it would have finished and there would have been no question about it. Because it is a question. Bell could have got there. There was a couple of laps there where he was cutting off a couple of tents and coming. So um, at the end of the day, I don't think it changes. I just think uh, that's, that's my opinion. That's what I would have done. I think it's a better option. I think NASCAR... And, and you know, NASCAR is trying to think... Like you said, it's one of those shoot from the hip as you go. And it is. So they were thinking, this is the best option. You know, how, how quick can you have something to think about? They have to make a decision early enough to let the teams know. So they probably weren't even thinking about that. So there's that side of things too. I always try to put myself in their shoes. So I'm saying this is what I would have done, but easier said than done maybe because that's the box that they were put in. Maybe the lights would have ended it all, I guess. That's where you can... Leave that. So, Elmerola wins. He was 26th in points, roughly. Totally flips this thing upside down. He gets in now. That put Austin Dillon outside. Who drove the 10 really hard before that race. Yeah. Remember, if you go further into that race, yeah, at the he, that three yeah. would not give the 10 a break. And uh, so that just kind of like... Didn't want to see him. Yeah, after a while, he just like, uh, he had to push it because the 20 was coming. So finally, he had to get aggressive with him. But uh, you could understand why the three didn't want the 10 to win that race oh. because it, it affects the point standings. Absolutely. So here's are the people who are locked in on points. Larson, Truex, Bowman, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Joey Logano, Kurt Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Christopher Bell, Michael Dell, and El Eric Almirola. 13 winners that you just mentioned. Hamlin, 
is sitting 14th. He is positive 283. So if there's not three winners in the next four races, he'll be in. And then he'll get 15 bonus points, championship points, if he's in by being a point leader. But Larson is very close. It's very yeah. nip and tuck. So Hamlin wants to keep that points because there's 15 points there to, to put towards the championship. Yep, that's huge too. Um, so then Harvick is positive 82. He sits 15th. And Reddick is positive 5. He sits 16th. Outside looking in right now is Austin Dillon. He's minus 5, so he's trying to catch his Richard Childress Racing teammate. Christopher Busher is minus 121. Matt Benedetto minus 143. And Chastain is 20th, minus 144. Um, those guys, to me, are... I know they're probably mathematically alive. They are must-win. Yeah. But the four races we have left. Here we go. Watkins Glen coming up next weekend. Could you see a Matt Benedetto squeeze out a win? How about a Ross Chastain? He's running better on Why not? On that. Um, what if their strategy? Austin Dillon. Reddick. Austin, that pushes them further down and maybe you know. Then you have the Indy Road Course, another road course. Can one of those drivers pull it over again that we just mentioned? Michigan. Um that one I could see that uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. Fuel mile that has been a fuel mileage race in the past. Anything can happen. The last one. Daytona, you're telling me that uh, Austin Dillon couldn't win it, Chris Buescher, Matt Benedetto, Chastain, someone else outside the top 20 couldn't win it, Daytona? Wrong. Uh, these guys, I think, have to still be a little worried about it. Absolutely. There's there's no doubt anything can happen. There's four different kinds of racetracks, two, two road courses, one that they've never been to before, you know, so, yeah, hang on. I mean, Harvick ain't ain't safe right now, you know. Just being fifteenth in points, it wouldn't take much for him to knock him out if he doesn't get a win. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But all of a sudden, Stuart Haas is all of a sudden kind of came to life, and Harvick is a Michigan. He he runs Michigan really well, um, so get that Mustang reared up and get it going, you know. So, but still, though, as much as Hamlin and Harvick dominated last year and you're sitting here the first of august and we haven't they haven't got a win yet are you kidding me um nobody would bet that in vegas that that something like that would happen. no 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 let's talk about the xfinity series now they have seven races left here's how the points look for them Sindrick, almondinger Elgeyer, jeb burton and myatt snyder are the winners. Those are the five winners. Sitting sixth in points is Daniel Hemrick. He's positive 266. Harrison Burton is positive 197. Justin Haley is positive 159. Noah Gregson is positive 126. Brandon Jones is positive 71. Jeremy Clements is positive 50. And Michael Annette is 12th, positive 32. So I got a question for you here. The trucks have one one race and cup has four how does xfinity still have seven races left so well before we get into that i'll tell you the races here um herbst is minus 32 so he did make up some ground there but if he would have been running better and didn't have that incident early on it would be really tight uh brandon brown is minus 41 sieg is minus 75 and LeBay is 16th minus 141 
They have Watkins Glen next weekend, Indy Road Course, Michigan, Daytona, Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol before they get into the playoffs. Really? Now that I didn't know. So that their, their season is wide open. Yeah. You know, the trucks have one race. You know, that's Watkins Glen, and then that, that sets the playoff. Yeah, and then the Cup has four, but they have seven. So that's going to be worth watching. All right, so Saturday racing is definitely going to be a priority coming yeah. up. Yeah, so obviously they're going to be running with the Cup Series here, but their playoffs don't start till later on. And so it's three more than Cup, which makes a little bit more sense because they have three less playoff races. They have a, one less round. Mm-hmm. So that makes pop perfect sense now that I think about it a little further okay. after you pose that question. So they have one less round because only 12 get in. Um, so that's that's where that comes into play. So, I mean, but you look at this and it's a little less possible for the Xfinity Series, I'd say. Um, it's a little tighter near the bottom overall. But, I mean, you got the Glen, Indy Road Course, Michigan, Daytona, just like you do in the Cup, and then Darlington, Richmond, Bristol. I would say the two that have the best shot of getting in would be Herbst and Brown, and the two that have the unfortunately worst of or best shot of falling out would be Clements and Annette. Mm-hmm. Well, Annette's supposed to be back in the car this week, and they say he has to go all out. He has, you know, it's amazing that he's still in. Yeah. For by missing two races, but. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, hey, Saturday race, man. I'm gonna have to keep an eye on that. Well. And I say those are two, but how about Brandon Jones? He's only positive 71. And he's made some mistakes and had some bad luck that has put him in this position. And if that continues, he could find himself um, on the outside looking in too. So it's going to be interesting for every series. But uh, we're looking at the Xfinity Series right now. It could be, mm-hmm. could be interesting. Let's get into the trucks next. Truck standings. One race left, Watkins Glen. In on wins is Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Todd Gilliland, Sheldon Creed, and Austin Hill. Five winners again, just like the Xfinity Series. And I should mention that ten drivers get in here. Zane Smith and Crafton both have clinched spots. They have enough points with one race left that they've clinched. Here's where it gets interesting. Friesen is plus 61. He hasn't clinched. I'm going to say he's clinched. Hosevar plus 53. Well, I shouldn't say that because now I think about it. Friesen positive 61. Hosevar 53. Chandler Smith plus 40. That's the 10. Outside looking in, Sauter minus 40. Austin Wayne South minus 44. Tyler Ankrum minus 51. And Kroos is 14th minus 71. So I think those are technically you could still try to point your way in. It would be very tough. Friesen... I just said I would say he's clinched, but now that I think about it, who's saying he doesn't have a bad day? Hosevar and Smith have a good day. They both pass him, and Sauter wins. Friesen's on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. So, Watkins Glen, do I see Johnny Sauter winning? Probably not, but could it happen? Sure, he's it's got a, a hell of a lot of talent that he could make it there. And a Wisconsin boy, so you know. Oh, yeah, we're, so we're behind we're him. <laughs> Austin Wayne Self, probably not. Ankrum, GMS truck. That could happen. Yeah. Derek Krause, he's been really good everywhere he's been. Had some bad luck in the beginning. That's put him in this position. He could do it. 
That, yeah, that truck's got the speed. There, there's no doubt about that. That 19 truck has, has the speed. This, yeah, it does. But a, but a road course makes it tough. That makes it That tough. makes it tough. And that's a, I, I don't know how many laps that truck race is, but normally it's a shorter race, so you have to be really aggressive. I think it's uh, 67 laps. Let's check on that here. Um, yeah, if it's a short, you know, because a road course, long, longer length of track, that makes it even more tough. That I mean, uh, that proves your point. Mm-hmm. But uh, trucks here for Watkins Glen is 72 laps. So that's a short race. That, yeah. Yep. So you got to get going, and you got to get going quick. No mistakes. You know, specifically we've seen Krause's pit crew make a lot of mistakes. Cannot afford that. But on the flip side, they've also been, and we talked to them about this, must win. So the mindset doesn't change. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I thought he was going to pull it off at uh, in, uh, in Knoxville. I mean, he was running so good, and then he cut that tire and just like, man, the bad luck. You know, but... We'll see him later this week, and we'll, we'll yeah. uh, actually uh, talk to him a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, looking to pick his brain a little bit if we're able to. So that's the standings. It's uh, We're right on it, buddy, here. And, and while we're talking about the standings, let's go into our standings. So we're, we agreed earlier in the season to do these picks, and the winner of the regular season picks gets their Winchester 400 ticket paid by the other person which we actually just bought this week as i mentioned earlier so that's exciting yeah the score right now is you have 31 points and i have 34 so we got four weeks remaining here we're going into watkins Glen, where anything can we're going into some weeks here that this is this i wish i wasn't as i gave up a few points to hear you last week and that's really eating away at me a little bit here <laughs> well, like I said, last month I, I was ruining people's careers. It was just one right after another. But then, uh, yeah, I, I bounced back last week, and uh, it's on. So we have to make the right picks here, and we have to do it right here. Yep, so let's make our picks for Watkins Glen. For the truck race, I am going with Todd Gilliland. He won at Coda. He's been running well in that 38 DGR truck. I'm going with Todd Gilliland. And I'm going to take Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes is the man that's going to happen there. And then in the Xfinity race, you got to take Austin Cedric at, at, at the Glen. That is just that that is the ultimate pick right there. Yeah, I also got Austin Cedric. I did think about AJ a little bit there. You know, Justin Haley's no slouch either. So it could be interesting yet, but I also have Austin Cedric. So we have the same pick there. For the Cup Series race, I thought long and hard about taking Kyle Busch, but I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. He wow, yeah. He just has that track figured out. I'm stating the obvious there, I know that, but the thing that worries me is at some point someone else is able to capitalize or a mistake happens because he's won there a few times lately. Um, and I need to catch up so I can't stay with uh, Chase. I would have picked him, but uh, we'll take Kyle Busch and... Yeah. Uh, that's a we'll, good pick. Uh, and we'll go nose-to-nose on that one, see if I can gain two more points on you this week. So two points on the line here. I do feel good about going in with three races left. I'll still have the lead over you, but if you win the two this week, I'm going to be... You won't talk to me the rest of the week because you're oversensitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I have some words, but I'll keep those to myself. Okay. How about that? Yeah, I, I threw it down. <laughs> <clears throat> I should just call you Mr. Over-Over-Sensitive. Well, well, How about you, that? You do too, I right? said Mr. I and, said Mr. Now my wife has called me over-sensitive, <laughs> so she, she caught wind of, of your phrase there, and, I, and I've heard a little bit of that, but I could take it. Yeah, yeah. Just don't call me late for breakfast, and we'll be fine. <laughs> well, you're late for supper. How about Ooh, that? that okay. <laughs> anyway... Um, so we just have some news to report here what's going on in the sport a little bit. I know we got away from that a little bit, talking about the racing, having these interviews that we've been having. Um, we're we're going to catch up with Derek Krause again here soon, about, uh, hopefully about the Watkins Glen race and then what his mindset is going into the playoffs and what he thinks about it. And then also we got to catch up with Ty Majeski uh, as well and talk about his trucks, truck series races. In the meantime, Silly Season is majorly upon us. We heard a lot of rumblings throughout the whole year. It was starting earlier, but it's it's in full swing here. So the latest news is Austin Sindrick is going to the Penske number 2 car to take over for Brad Keselowski. Sindrick was supposed to go to the Wood Brothers initially. Brad Keselowski came to an agreement with Roush Fenway to drive the number 6. He has a minority ownership. He stated that he would also like to field a truck team with the right partnership. So that's interesting because he's done that in the past for his own team. And he would like to continue doing that with the right partners. Someone asked him this on social media. The interesting about this too is could the team be renamed to Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing or something similar? Someone did some research and recently RF something with RFK in it that that domain has been taken. So you might see something happen with the name of Roush Fenway Racing right now. Now that Fenway, I you know, Fenway's been there all along, but what does Fenway put towards that towards that team? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's actually not. It's Fenway. When you think of Fenway, you think of Boston Red Sox. Well, that's because um, John Henry's behind it and all that, but it's actually Fenway Sports Group, I believe, and they own Liverpool Soccer Club, and a, a few other things there. So they got their um, iRacing. There's another thing that they own. Um, so they're in a few things. So I don't know exactly what they bring to the table there, but obviously they've been major um, partners with Roush for a while because I think Roush was in trouble there for a little bit. So they kind of helped them out. So, And, you know, the interesting thing about Kozlowski going over there is they haven't been up to par with what we knew them in the 2000s. Even before that 90s with Mark Martin. Then you think about Kenseth coming in and Edwards and Biffle and uh, Kurt Busch. Um, the drivers that they've had over the years. So maybe Kozlowski with his talent takes them back to the glory days quicker. Yeah, well we'll see. Um, that, that team uh, definitely needs a facelift. Um, you know, they've been just waddling in their own. And, uh, yeah, they, so we'll see what Keselowski can do with that. Um, try to up up, uh, up that team. Yeah, yeah. And, um, what you know, Harrison Burton goes to Wood Brothers. So we're all connecting these three dots here. It's kind of a three partnership here. So Harrison Burton to the number 21 for Wood Brothers. So he leaves Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing to go to Ford and Wood Brothers Racing. So kind of interesting when you think about that as well because he's been with Toyota for a long time, going back to his super late model days. 
Interesting move by him. I know his dad obviously was with Roush, so that was a forward. You know, you start connecting the dots here. Maybe something's going on. Uh, obviously, that's a Penske-affiliated team, though, so maybe they eventually go to four teams. With I, thought, I don't know. I, I thought don't know. that was a really surprise move that Harrison Burton went that direction. Yeah. But, but if that's... Uh, you know, if Menards is going to stay with that team and the sponsorship is there and that's what Menard wants, um, well, then, you know, the table's set. He gets, gets a ride in the cup. Um, well, we'll see where that goes, but it's sad to see where Matty D is going to end up. Yeah. Just like he's an odd man out. Yeah, and that's the next thing on my list is what happens with Ryan Newman and Matt Benedetto. Ryan Newman's been offered part-time, thinking about it, not sure that's what he wants to do. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen there with him? Matt Benedetto doesn't have anything lined up, and you thought maybe with Sindrick being announced to the two that Matt Benedetto would stay in the twenty-one. And to be honest with you, with Harrison Burton not running as well as he did last year, you thought maybe he would be another year in the Xfinity Series, stay where he's at. Matt Benedetto would stay where he's at. You're right. This was a little bit of a, a surprising move. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, with Newman, I have a feeling Newman's going to end up just like Matt Kenseth. All of a sudden, he's just going to be odd man out, and there's not going to be nothing there for him. Um, I know he's been offered it, but he, I don't know if he's accepted or not. Um, I'd like to see him get back into midgets, man, and go back and do that stuff because he was really good when he came up through the ranks that way. But he's got some age on him, so we'll see where he wants to go with that. Um, but, um, yeah, the sad part is Matty D. Where is he going to go? That uh, There's some t a lot of talent there. Um, so we'll have to watch the uh, silly season and see where he lands. Yeah, he could still land in something. One place I've kind of heard about, I guess, would be front row, maybe, if uh, they don't bring Alfredo back. Uh, that would also be unfortunate, I feel like. Um, but it's part of silly season, I guess. Uh, there's there's exciting news and some bad news on the flip side of it. You know, that's that's part of the business mm -hmm. side of it. Um the big news that came out a few weeks ago, and I don't know how this got, this was very tight-lipped, was Trackhouse Racing buys Ganassi Racing. Wow, totally surprised by that. We know that Suarez will be one of the drivers. They're going to have two. Who's going to be the other? Right now they have Chastain and Kurt Busch at Ganassi. I know a lot of the rumors are flying that Kurt Busch would be a good fit to stay at Trackhouse and help mold Suarez and help bring that team up to speed quicker. Obviously, Kurt Busch is a prior Cup Series champion. Got a lot of talent there. The other thing that Kurt Busch has been rumored about is will 2311 Racing go to two teams and he can mold Bubba Wallace and bring something to the table at 2311, which, by the sound of it, seems like that's actually where that's heading. Yeah, that's that's the one that I've heard that actually is pointing in that direction. Um, the other news that was announced a, a while back, since we're just touching on silly season here, is GMS will be uh, Cup Series racing in 2022. So will Colleg Racing. Um, GMS will announce sponsors and drivers at a different date. Colleg has already said that Justin Haley will be full-time. AJ will be part-time, but I recently heard that colleague might do two full-time teams and, and AJ will be part-time in a third. So who's going to be the second driver to Haley if that happens? Not sure. Um, 
you know, you think about Eric Almirola, Chris Buescher, and Michael McDowell, are they safe? I say they're probably safe. Almirola has backing from Smithfield for a while. He just won. That helps. I think those three are probably safe, but you never know. How about Ryan Priest has lack of sponsorship? Also, Eric Jones. Petty has a a team option on Eric Jones. I know both of those guys would like to be back in the situations they're in. Will they be back? And then Rick Ware Racing said today, actually, that he would like to have two top teams, and it's been rumored that he'll go from four to three, and that he would like two top teams. Maybe he just runs two instead of three, which has been rumored. Um, So... Interesting there, but like I said, we had to mention something here because it's in full swing. Well, you just go on J-Ski, man, and go there daily, and that's where all the news and all the stuff flies around. That's where I go to J-Ski and catch up all my news. And, uh, yeah, that's the silly season site, so, <laughs> so pay attention. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, good tools to listen to, and NASCAR Radio, Sirius XM is one of them, listening to interviews from teams. There's a lot of good places where you can get your information. You know, we're trying to get the information that we do to get it out to you as quick. I know we're we're busy here, and we try to put podcasts out as soon as we can. Um, so hopefully, we're in an outlet eventually. But uh, it's interesting because you're excited because you're getting near the regular season end and going into the playoffs. So that's exciting. You also got silly season with rumors flying around, big things happening that I didn't, didn't expect, like track house, Harrison Burton, all these. So it's exciting. It's yeah. it's an exciting time. You know, we got the Gandrude Auto Group 250 coming up at uh, Wisconsin International Raceway in Kakana coming up on Tuesday. We're going to do behind the scenes for that. That's our Super Bowl up here, to be frank with you. The state of Wisconsin, I guess, Super Bowl will be Milwaukee. Since this is our home track, this is our Super Bowl. It means a lot to us. There's a lot of prestige behind it. So looking forward to that. A lot of big names coming up. In fact, William Byron was announced to be coming up here. Eric Almarola is coming up here. And then you have other heavy time and Jeske and all the weekly competitors at WR, which is the best in the state, in my opinion. It's going to be a great event. You know, on Thursday night, you know, there was even a couple uh, uh, travelers that came up. You know, and Casey Roderick, I love that yep. guy. You know, I watch him, and, and he come on up and... Um, he was just kind of like riding in the back, and there was so much action. It's, I, uh, I'd like to see what he thought about at least getting his car out of there in one piece because there was so much action that was going on in front of him to come on up here. Remember we asked him at the, at the Snowball Derby, he said, hey, why don't you come on up to our track? And he goes, oh, it's way too cold up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was, that was his comment, you know, and see if we can run that by and if he remembers that comment. Um, Looking so forward to uh, yeah to this race Tuesday night. The weather's going to be perfect. Um, going to be a packed house, man. That's um, the best of the best is going to be there for sure. Yeah, um, you know I I was thinking weekly when I was saying this, but Midwest Tour regulars, there are nothing. I, I want to say that because when I said weekly, I meant Midwest Tour and weekly. You know, there's nothing to shot. You know, you know that's that's a good group of drivers coming up here too so the gandrew auto group 250 tuesday august 3rd wisconsin international raceway make sure you're there you will want to be there you want to be at that race um that's for sure um gonna be once again i'll probably be one of the first ones there um and i'll probably be one of the last ones to walk out of there we're and, gonna be the last ones walking out of there because we're camping yeah i'm gonna actually bring my camper there and it's not for the reasons of uh 
I'm not uh, gonna have too much to not drive. It's just gonna be a long day. It's gonna be your birthday that morning. So the next maybe, morning. Yeah. yeah, so we might have to get the funnel out again and uh <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> and maybe I'll go fight a um a Dale Earnhardt uh stand up there <laughs> and you can you can go and lay in the back bedroom and, and hang out with them. So but anyway, um yeah, that's looking really great and then uh yeah the, the whole local season has been just so super you know i've been from jefferson to wilmot i've been over you know um just hitting all these racetracks everywhere i'm going out to new richmond here after the uh the 250 and i'm going to go hit the nationals up there never been there before i've been here and it's such a great time up there that's next weekend for me um it just keeps on going, man. It as the season goes on, it just keeps it builds more and more and more. Yeah, now we got the Winchester tickets, you know, and and Oktoberfest. That that envelope just hit my, and that's sitting on my computer table, and I haven't even had time to even open that yet. It's just been wide, full throttle right now, man, and it's uh, just a super super time of the year. Like Red Farmer, full throttle. Full throttle, full man. throttle. It, it, it sure is, yep. man. Every day, it's getting just every day yeah yeah it's crazy you know one thing before we end this here is i want to also say condolences um to the kluka family they lost mike kluka mike was a uh, longtime crew member down in the nascar ranks he was with dale or actually richard childress racing with dale and her for a while so condolences out to to the kluka family ed he is a big contributor and founder of ltn who we listen to every week so condolences out to to them uh it's a big loss in the racing community just like everyone is but um there's another one yeah for sure you know i'm an ltn i'm, I'm on them guys all the time you know and, and i heard the news of that you know he was a specialist at bilstein you know and so he was a very big shock of shock absorber uh um professional on that so yeah condolences to the kuluka family down there um yeah once again aaron bennett that's still a that's still a uh um a, a shot to the gut there that that was bad news and you know the Bennett's of uh, you know he just won a race and he's been you know um, Lowell's been put into the Hall of Fame you know the wall wall of fame out of there and and then you know but we just lost Bob you know his father and also his brother so what a roller coaster ride and uh, you know our, our thoughts tonight is for that whole family and so yeah, uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, those two families, of course. Uh, anyone going through a hard time, we're sorry to hear that. Hope, uh, hope everything's all right with everyone. Um, it's the worst part of life, and uh, we've all been through it, unfortunately. And um, just hope everyone, you know, you, you and I always say this: live for today, because life's too short. So I, I know you have to look ahead a little bit to prepare yourself a little bit, but um, these are just reminder, unfortunate reminders to really focus on today because you don't know if the next second's your last one yeah that's for sure i'm trying to teach you that you know through the whole years you know, oh, yeah, I know. that i always say live for today because tomorrow's not promised so appreciate what you got and the friends you got and everything yeah. like that so that's that's my way of living and that's the way i do it and yeah. and, it, and it's full throttle buddy <laughs> yeah yeah well i learned that at a young age when i lost my brother and my um dad that um life's too short i if I got an opportunity to do something that I want and I can do it and I have the means to do it, I'm doing it because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get another opportunity. I don't know if I'll last another second. So, um, 
but you don't never like to get these reminders that to do so that. So this helps a lot of people because you know we go down in the pits and there's people that are hungry for our for our videos or our audios here and and uh, we appreciate everybody that comes to us asking for for these. So you know I kind of get on Lauren and say hey we got to get we got to get on this. So um, it's been a little bit. So glad for everybody's patient enough. We love talking racing. You know. Um, Anytime I'm walking around the pits, people are pulling me out to the side, and I'm constantly talking racing. So anybody wants to talk racing, I'll, I'll give you the whole time of for day. Sure. I, I love that stuff, you know. Can't, I can't get enough of it. For sure. Same same for me as well. That's why I started this. The uh, for, You know, I, I want to echo what Mark said. Thanks for your patience on all this. Mark, you work swing shift. I have a family at home. Uh, uh, you know, where we work second shift, so I got my kid at night, so it's just hard to get these out every week. So if it's two weeks, you know, we've had weeks where it's three, where you work swing shift, so it doesn't work this week, and now I can only do weekends, and then you're camping, or I'm camping, and it it just gets get busy there. So, and that's another reason why we appreciate the sponsors, because maybe that will uh, limit the the work schedule where we'll have more time to do it yeah, so, so for, but for sure pay attention on tuesday you you need to be at kakana tuesday night if you're a race fan that's the place you gotta be oh. and then uh, if not um watch for my videos or also we're gonna have all the uh as many interviews as we can try to muster that we can get done and uh, afterwards we're trying to get with the winners and stuff like that so we got a jam-packed day on tuesday it's uh i think when that day is over man i'm gonna drop because it's it's gonna be we're gonna put yeah. a lot of miles on and do that all out there for the race fans man that's what it's all about you'll be all right we'll be all right we're gonna do pre and post race uh videos there so be sure to uh, find us on i'll post them on facebook that's double l sports network ll sports network so find us on there give us a like be sure to watch out for those pre and post race um, interviews we're hoping to get all all of everyone that we can that's the other thing that's brought up brought up is how come we don't get to the lower divisions and all that there's time is very limited especially pre-race we try to do it with the red white and blue series of getting the lower series as many as we can after the races too so um, we appreciate every single driver and team that races, whether you're small, big, uh, you know, my uncle was a small, low budget, um, operation. So I appreciate that. And, you know, it, when you think about it, those people know they probably aren't going to win and they're doing it because they love the sport. Well, not necessarily the lower divisions think that way because they might have a shot to win, but you know, along those same lines, so, you know, we're thinking, we're thinking about you because we love the sport. We love all of the drivers and teams out there. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there as well. But we appreciate everyone. Um, looking forward to Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. For, for sure, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's on, man. It's, it's, it's my favorite race. Yeah, it's our Daytona. So be a hard time sleeping Monday night because I'll, be <laughs> I'll be thinking about Tuesday big time. You think? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. So uh, thanks, Mark, for joining me as usual. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. We'll see you on the track Tuesday night. Tuesday night. See, see you there. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.